I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Blair McPherson, Head of Capital Introductions and Research at Apex Group. And we are talking about private money into the marketplace. And we'll begin with capital introduction. What's changed, Blair, in capital introduction? The world's changed with regards to behaviors and how people interact, number one. Two things have driven that. One is obviously COVID and people working remotely. And I think the second thing is it's a very, very busy market, a complex market with a lot of moving parts after a number of years of asset prices just going up, up and up. And we're obviously having an adjustment, which requires a lot of communication, education. And so using technologies and different mediums to communicate that. I'm very briefly reminded of a wealth manager I spoke to once in the Middle East who said he had difficulty trying to educate certain clients that, no, you're not going to get a 20% return every year, year in, year out. No, I can't guarantee it. Nobody will be able to guarantee it. And your polite use of the word adjustment to describe the somewhat rocky conditions in both the public and private marketplaces that we've seen in the last few weeks reminded me of that. Let's talk about investor relations in general. They have to be fit for the 21st century, but what does that mean? Well, I think it means, number one, it's clear that you know people meeting in person is critical and that needs to happen. But certainly with regards to originating relationships, to communicating in between those physical meetings, you know, the digital tools, not just technology, but also mediums with videos and podcasts, that kind of rich content creation has really enabled people to carry on a relationship, make those in-person meetings more productive, make those relationships stronger over time. In a sense, the in-person meeting becomes the consummation of the relationship rather than the beginning of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, technology in, in, in any industries done two things, make things more efficient and, and be deflationary, meaning minimize costs. And that's what technology does. So if you look at you know the daily life of an investor, the days of having to do lots of blind dates, going for coffees and lunches and looking at different opportunities, and same with those seeking capital, going a lot of these uh, dates and uh, not really getting much interest till the 99th meeting they have. So, you know, it's much more effective using a platform such as the one we've developed, Profiler, to use that as a mechanism to disseminate information, interact with people, as I mentioned before, both to originate a new relationship and maintain an existing one. Well, you've mentioned it yourself. I was going to come on to it, but we'll, we'll discuss it now. The digital platform, your own digital platform is Profiler. I'm not going to ask you how important you think having a digital platform will be. I guess the answer to that would be quite significantly since you have one. But what does the platform provide? Is it a a library of potential investment opportunities? Is it as a library of potential investors or both? Yeah, it was really built off the concepts that you'd find functionally in the social media area type platform, but it's not social. It's really about that journey so that from the investor experience, they can go on the platform that's all user-generated content by those seeking capital to search by different opportunities that interest them to then follow those organizations, to uh, consume their content, to ask questions and engage, and then perhaps be invited to kind of a private due diligence room all in the same place. I suppose it's a little bit more complicated than just swiping right. 
it is, but from a user perspective, always having to build things that are very easy in one or two clicks away versus having to mess around trying to find things to engage with people. Can I ask you to go into a little bit more detail? And you have, in a number of the things you've said, already touched on on an answer to this, but how have the private markets changed? How has investor expectation changed over the course of the last few years? Well, there's been an extreme movement of capital into private markets. Um, you know, the number of uh, public issuers have halved in the last 15 to 20 years. Right? And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, things are more efficient, thanks to things like technology for people to, to engage with one another. Obviously, less regulation from a regulated marketplace um, to the extent that public markets are. And certainly looking for alpha outside the traditional asset classes. So. It's been phenomenal growth, and you kind of really have now a, 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 a kind of a, a ping pong between passive, active public markets and private markets. It's an interesting time. Again, you used the word adjustment earlier to describe what I would say was a, a, a bit of a mess in the markets. You yep. just described this as interesting times, which is part of an old Chinese curse, as far as I'm aware. But in these interesting times, the one thing that that I'd like just to press you on, which is perhaps outside the original remit of what we're discussing, but some of the valuations in private markets, do you find them as head-scratching as I do? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, private and public markets. So obviously, public markets is a little bit more transparent because it's traded daily. It's it's mark-to-market daily. And with the rise of inflation and, and the rising of interest rates in response, all the valuations, you know, we look from a discount of cash flow perspective, everything's being readjusted. So all this future growthy type of uh, companies, you know, are being revalued. And that includes private markets. Obviously, they don't get mark to market on a valuation as frequently as a, a public company, but a company is a company. That's just the, the way in which its, it's capital is funded. So yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, readjustment from kind of growth to value and, and looking at companies, okay, who ger- generates cash? <laughs> the strength of the balance sheet, you know, traditional measures of fundamental investing. Things that make a company a company, does it have a revenue stream? Does it have positive cash flow? Does it have either profitability or a runway or roadmap to profitability? These are always things that tend to get perhaps mislaid, just to use, again, a, a gentle term, in bull markets. And we've had in private equity and venture capital, we've had a significant bull market for several years, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the day of of reckoning is here. So it'll be a little bit more forceful than my adjustment language. (laughs) Having said that, the markets do adjust much quicker uh, than they used to, sometimes dramatically in both ways. So I think there's still some, you know, there's a lot of capital uh, available. There are some great companies but I think just the better companies are going to get more capital. It's always the way. I think if you've got a good idea, if people can understand the idea, if people can understand how it's going to make money, then you will raise the funds. You might not get the kind of, frankly, bonkers valuation that some people have got. And, I, and anything over the yeah. size of a unicorn, I view with the deepest suspicion myself. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, of course, strength of balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement, all very important, more important now. The other component is, you know, the strength of the team, the management team, who's running these companies, 
their capabilities as managers, as leaders. And again, going back to the cap intro, um, investor relations, how do you communicate that? That is a huge factor in, quote, valuing an investment opportunity. And so how do these, you know, these operators get that story out? Providing financial statements is very easy, but then the people and their story behind it is very, very important. To round up on this point, and I was going to come back to the capital introduction issue myself, it's this. Not only do you have to have a good story, not only do you have to have it on, well, perhaps not on paper, but on screen or in your presentation, but you have to be able to market yourself to potential investors because they're not just investing in the balance sheet. They're not just investing in the concept. They're investing in the people. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I always look at people first and then work backwards from there. So the due diligence is needs to start with people and their backgrounds and your confidence in them to deliver over time. The proof of them doing that are the financial statements, of course. Blair McPherson, Head of Capital Introductions and Research at Apex Group, thank you very much.